Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. A pay-per-view entitled Money in the Bank is this weekend. Somebody, though, who got Money in the Bank, literally Triple H, sold $1 million of his WWE stock. He still has $6 million left. Does that leave you worried at all, Brandon? I don't think so. I think I think it'll be fine. I mean, everybody's worried about it right now. I don't see this big deal. We'll talk this and much more as the Heal the Face podcast starts right now. So silence your cell phones, hold your applause, and tune into the truth. Oh, you didn't know? You asked better call somebody. Getting beat up by nine guys in Syracuse to me, there's not a whole lot of shame in. From the 315 to the world, this is the Heal the Face podcast. The cream of the crop. Wow, man, freak out. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Heel to the Face. I said, are you ready? From Armory Square in downtown Syracuse, New York, let's send it now to Brandon and Jared. Bad luck to be my middle man. They might as well tie me up with my buddies from Syracuse. A little shadowy outside, as you can probably see, a little dark in both myself and Brandon's pods, or if you're listening via one of our podcast formats. You don't know it all, but either way, a great way to waste 30 minutes of your time. This is the Heel to the Face podcast. My name is K-Rock Jared. That's where you can find me on social media. On the other side of this Skype conversation is Brandon Clements. You can find him at Icebreaker21 and the program at Heel to the Face on Twitter. We kind of teased there that Triple H just sold $1 million of his now $6 million left stock in WWE. The biggest sale he's ever been a part of since owning WWE stock. But I kind of want to start there just because the fact that I found out that he might need that $1 million. Because A&E has recently picked up a show that will involve him, Triple H, Paul Levesque, and Stephanie McMahon, where they travel the country looking for WWE relics and lost memorabilia. It's going to be like a American Pickers WWE memorabilia style. Are you into that, Brandon? Because I know I am. I'm definitely in. I mean, I'm an, I'm an American Pickers fan. So, like, when you say American Pickers with a WWE twist, I'm in 110%. Let's go. Uh, what, when does this happen? What's the, what's the... I'm not sure when it happened. I mean, this is, this is all some new stuff that I've been reading. A&E has signed on for this show. But, yeah. They'll probably need that million dollars, and I can't imagine what awesome stuff. They said they're going to go into old wrestlers' households or their storage bins and try to find things that, you know, people just like myself, you know, when you're leaving a WWE event and you see that banner for a pay-per-view and you rip it down and throw it in your car, Triple H is going to be knocking at your door maybe looking for some uh, way to buy it back from you. Love it. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that show. But as we move on to more current topics, Money in the Bank, WWE pay-per-view, this upcoming weekend on pay-per-view. Before we get there, though, we had Raw and – well, we had Raw and the SmackDown prior to that, as well as NXT and AEW this past week leading into Money in the Bank or AEW, just leading into uh, double or nothing, and more importantly, leading into what it looks like to have fans at a wrestling show. 
because they had, they had a few people there. Uh, but I want to start with Monday Night Raw. I want to talk about this for a while. And uh, I think, you know, it, it's great that I want to talk about this for a while when this week it actually made the most news. Monday Night Raw's lowest rating ever. Now, this is the lowest rating for any non-holiday show, meaning Christmas night or the night before Christmas. The lowest rating for that was a Christmas Eve show that drew 1.7 million viewers. Overall, 1.6 million viewers. Now, I was trying to do the statistics here because, you know, they do the rates of, you know, the the millions and then the percentages. Um, The average raw in, let's say, uh, 1997, 1998, 1999, in the height of everything as it was going back up, the average raw was about a six rating with an all-time high of an eight rating. Now, an eight rating would indicate at that time about 10 plus million viewers. A six rating would indicate about eight million viewers. This week's raw was 1.6 for the average. The first hour saw 1.8 and overall 1.6. Now, what stock do you take into uh, you know, the ratings here, because I think this is huge. And the reason I think this is huge, and we've talked about ratings before, but I think this is the biggest and most important time ever is because I know it's not a lot of people, but there's 20,000 people right now who are not at raw that sh- that could be adding to your numbers. Your numbers should be not at all time highs, but no. your numbers shouldn't be at all time lows because you've never had a time where you've had a more captive audience. And that to me, I like it because it just shows that what you're doing right now is not sustainable. So Monday Night Raw, if you're thinking about doing this in front of no fans for the future, if you're thinking about kind of doing this performance center thing, I'm liking that this is indicating don't do that because, yeah, your ratings are awful right now. Yeah, it's 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 kind of um, it's kind of scary, nerve-wracking, because so many people um, with the pandemic going on, there's nothing else to do but watch content, you know? And when you're getting that low of a rating, that's that's not good. And, and also... I want to I want to take a guess at the uh, the highest rating of all time. Was it the Stone Cold '98 Vince McMahon stuff, or was it uh, was it something else? It was a 1999 Raw. Uh, that was the highest rating. It was just kind of a random Raw. It didn't really have much going on. But yeah, I mean the Mike Tyson stuff. I've been watching a lot of the '98 stuff recently. You know the Mike Tyson coming out on Monday Night Raw. You know those ones. It was it's funny because '95 saw ratings similar to this. Just actually even better than this by a little bit. When 95, when apparently, you know, WWE claims and most fans say it's the worst year. Uh, 96 saw a dip, but then 97 saw that spike. And that's when, you know, they started to catch right back up with WCW. And then in 90, late 98, I think early 99 is when they overtake WCW Nitro. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why this is scary. This is scary because you got to think when wrestling, when Raw had its all-time high rating, there was another wrestling show on at the same time. That means there was 20,000 people in an arena at Raw that weren't watching Raw. There was 10,000 to 20,000 people at a Nitro taping that weren't watching Raw because they were at an event. There was 5 million people that were watching Nitro. And then because there wasn't a pandemic going on, you probably had people who were wrestling fans who, I mean, I don't want to to put people in a critique, but I mean, probably a lot of them are in their ages between 18 and 34. And between 18 and 34, that's a lot of ages of waiters, people who work retail. So a lot of people that were out there were at work. You know, there's probably millions and millions of people who didn't watch Raw at those times because they were at work, had to tape them and watch them later. So right now you have no waiters at work, no other than Walmarts and Targets, you know, for the most part, millions and millions of people who'd be working second shift between 8 and 11 o'clock on a Monday, not working. 
DVR. DVR. DVR is very important because I mean, yeah, I, I know people watch their content a lot differently, and that's why I, I didn't take a lot of stock in ratings before because people watch the content a lot differently. But I still feel right now that TV has kind of returned a little bit um, because of the fact that people, their lives have been put on pause. You know, a couple months ago, it was different because people had to work, so they DVR'd it, they watch highlights later. But right now, I feel like there's really nothing left. You know, a good example of this, this, this last, uh, the last dance with the Michael Jordan, the, this documentary is getting great ratings. Not, you know, people aren't watching it later. They're not watching it after they're watching it live. Yeah. We're returning a little bit to things when they're happening, people watching them as they happen because they're not doing anything. The reason they DVR it, the reason they watch it on tape is because later on they're busy. But right now they're not busy. Monday Night Raw, they're not busy. So I'm not saying they should be reaching all time high numbers. Uh, I get that, but they shouldn't be reaching all-time low numbers. No, it's 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 nerve-wracking because again, there's all these people home. There's there's nothing else to do except watch content. And when you have shows like Tiger King on Netflix getting the numbers that it's gotten and it's sustained it for a while. I mean, it just lost the top spot I think last week. But you get shows like that that are you know their their box office appeal. It's kind of scary because. WWE's product is just garbage right now, unfortunately. I mean, I I still watch it. You know, I, I, and here's the thing: I DVR it. I have, I have YouTube TV, so I DVR it. And I watch I watched I watched all my shows in the last you know the last 24 48 hours because I don't watch anything live anymore. I DVR it because you know I you know I I, I just don't want to sit there for two or three hours. I I'll fast forward I, stuff. The problem is, you know, other than AEW this past week, nothing is live anymore. So that obviously no. doesn't create the urgency. For me to watch it like back in the day, you know, when things were live, I don't know what it is, but I mean, look at SmackDown. SmackDown had that huge resurgence when it moves on Tuesday nights because all of a sudden it was live. It was no longer the B-show. And what made SmackDown the B-show to begin with was 100% that it was a taped product. Now, I'm not saying that people are putting out spoilers, but just the idea that this has been edited, just the idea that this isn't live uh, kind of takes away from it. Yeah, um, the setup takes away from it. The not having the crowd takes away from it. To me, uh, after this Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I really hope this is the last pay-per-view that's pre-taped. Uh, because after this, I don't know what they have going forward. But, uh, you know, the next pay-per-view might be one that I don't watch live and maybe just skip through. Don't watch it all. I mean, until we get back to normalcy. I'm not saying I'm done watching wrestling. But after Money in the Bank... Uh, we might, until we get back to normalcy, I might take a, a, a pause from WWE, you know, current. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i kind of in that, that boat right now, too. I literally have been going back and watching uh, some WWE Network content. I, I've been watching the, um, I think it's like the battle, the greatest Stone Cold moments. It's like a four-hour thing. So I've been kind of like watching like 45 minutes here and there, just kind of watching things. And actually, you might know this better than me because you're the expert with the dates and everything. But I believe I, I, I just watched an episode, like part of a, uh, a Raw, the last Raw in Syracuse back in 1998, I think it was, where uh, Stone Cold Stone Cold was supposed to be the corporate guy now. and that So that that was taped uh, two nights, I think it was, so if, uh, it might have been March 31st. It was two nights after Monday night, or uh, after WrestleMania 14, uh, it aired two weeks after. So the night after WrestleMania 14, Raw was live from Albany. 
And then the next night they taped the Syracuse one on a Tuesday night because that's back when they used to do the Monday Tuesday until obviously Tony Schiavone and Nitro, you know, spoiling Raw, ruined that, obviously. That's when they moved to live all the time. But they used to tape, obviously, without SmackDown, they taped Monday and Tuesday and then be one week, have a one week delayed Raw. So that was a Raw that taped on a Tuesday, aired on a Monday. And yeah, that's the lot. That's the last televised event from WWF, WWE to happen uh, from Syracuse. The last televised wrestling event that happened from Syracuse, I'm pretty sure, is obviously that David Arquette Thunder that happened in the year 2000. But uh, this century here in Syracuse, we've only seen house shows. Uh, no WWE live TV. Can we get something like that back? I mean, with, with the lack of uh, attendance right now, obviously, with the pandemic, we, do you think WWE, I mean, we've talked about this before, do you think WWE is going to go back to these kind of home home roots like the like the, I don't know, the home roots of small towns. You think they'll, they'll like to go back well, to that? I, I, I think what started this whole thing, and it's kind of strange, but I think the big thing is, and we saw it with the HD set. WWE has much more of a stringent look now when it comes to their television show. They have this look of they don't want, uh, you know, like a gaudy looking place. They want, you know, back in 98, obviously you watched that Raw. You could see the banners that hung up in the rafters for uh, UPN 43 for uh, Lakia <laughs> Honda. I mean, so, you know, you saw it. You, know, you could see that in the back of Tully's. Oh, Tully's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could see. So now that they've done the upgrades at the War Memorial here in Syracuse, where we've got the ticker bars, we've got new seating, and it were, if you had a raw taped, uh, you know, I feel like it could look pretty normal. Uh, you know, that's, you know, as I just mentioned with the HD set, you know, they have this like universal look. And I, I think that's a negative because, you know, not just the, the set itself, but the arenas they pick just look cookie cutter. You can't really tell where they are. You know, back in the day, you know, certain pay-per-views at the Garden, you can tell they're at the Garden. You can tell they're at the Forum. You can tell the arena, not just by the set, but by the arena itself. You could tell where they were. Now you can't so much, but with, with the way that they've done the upgrades at the War Memorial, uh, with the ticker boards and, and stuff like that, so you want to see that kind of gaudy upper deck, you know, maybe so. And if not, AEW, definitely I could see coming into Syracuse. Oh, AEW, this, obviously. Yeah, I mean, AEW for sure. I mean, obviously, they're, I mean, we were supposed to go before, right as the pandemic really started kicking. We were supposed to go to Rochester for AEW. So, I mean, Rochester, is, if Rochester's going to get it, Syracuse will probably get something too because – AW is not going to get it. They're not doing the 20,000 seat arenas. They're doing the more, sure. you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand, a thousand seat arenas. So I think that's, I think AW for sure, you're going to get a live event, a, a televised live event. AW here. is definitely a good chance. I will say this much though, that Rochester has in this century, since the year 2000 and since 98, when Syracuse hosted Raw has gotten a lot more. They've gotten Raws, they've gotten Smackdowns, uh, you know, they probably got maybe one Raw or one SmackDown every two years uh, in Rochester. So they still have they've still been getting the TV shows in Rochester as well. You know, I want to say even Binghamton in the year 2005 got a Monday Night Raw. So Albany, Binghamton, Rochester, Buffalo, New York, uh, we're the only place out of all those cities that since the turn of the century have not gotten a uh, televised WWE show. Well, I'll say this. If AEW comes to Syracuse, obviously we're going to go, obviously. Um, well, but, AEW, back to Rochester, we're going to go, hopefully. Yeah, that too. That too. But, I mean, if, if we if AEW comes to Syracuse, I want that place packed with wrestling fans. Because I want, you know, I want WWE to see, hey, if we put a, if we put a televised live show, you know, like AEW just did, they're going to, they're going to draw, we're going to draw a good, a good crowd. I think there's a lot of great fans of, of wrestling in Syracuse. 
where they're smart fans, where they're not going to the the live event shows. I have friends that I talk to friends all the time that you know check out our check out our show, and they're like, they're like, yeah, I don't go to live events either because I like to see stuff with the storylines. I'm and they're like me. So if you get a televised event here in Syracuse like AEW, and they do really well, or we you know we show up and we we put on a great show as an audience. WWE is going to have to kick the tires on bringing it back a, a live television, you know, show here in Syracuse. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, maybe minus Shawn Michaels this time around. I don't think he wants to come back to Syracuse. But yeah. uh, moving on, uh, NXT, AEW, let's start at NXT. Talk about a good presentation. Every time I watch it, I wonder why. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, be the person who hates on WrestleMania, but if you watch NXT, you can't help but think like, why didn't you at least even film the matches here at Full Sail? You know, a good example of that was the uh, debut this week of uh, a certain new wrestler who put had an amazing uh, entrance, if, if you know who I'm speaking of. Oh, carrying, uh, killer, carrying, whatever you want to go with yeah. now, the, the PG cross now, uh, killer cross, carrying cross, um, fantastic. That was that's, That entrance was phenomenal. It's, it's now one of my favorite entrances in the, in the business. I think it was awesome. Um, very quick match, which I wasn't surprised because, you know, of course he's going to come in and squash somebody. So, uh, overall, I'm excited for what Cross has got coming for us. Did you enjoy NXT overall? What did, what was your highlights? Um, I thought it was a decent show. Um, not surprised that Velveteen Dream didn't win the, win the title. Um, I, what I picked up though is, is there going to be this thing where Loomis and Velveteen Dream are teammates or are they going to be opponents now? It, it like the way uh, the way Morrow and the, the broadcast team were kind of saying it like did Loomis cost him the match or is Velveteen gonna look at it like that or is he gonna look like oh he helped me out I'm kind of curious if they're gonna build something with with yeah. Dexter Loomis and him which way do you think it's gonna go You know I could I I feel like he's gonna team up with Velveteen Dream for a little bit because I feel like everyone kind of has the storyline where they're going after the undisputed era and he seems like a guy who definitely seems like he wants to get shot right up to the title picture. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing too. The thing I like about the, the potential tag, you know, the, the, you know, the teaming of dream and Loomis, they're such odd personalities. Like how cool would that be for like, you know, for a tag team run? That'd be cool. I think yeah. he's awesome. I think he's great. And right? He's got some great characters right now. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, obviously with cross, uh, she came over from impact wrestling, uh, she is one of the best looking things in wrestling in a, in a decent amount of time. She's kind of weird because she's not, re- she kind of brings back the non wrestler diva. Uh, she is very, her, you know, in, in impact, she was Scarlett Bordeaux and she was very much, you didn't even know she had anything to do with wrestling in her time in impact because she was just always posting photos and, you know, in outfits and just how ritzy and rich and sexy. And it was like this big burlesque thing. Uh, so I, I kind of like her kind of fitting in there as the manager position. I mean, they're, they're dating in real life. So it was kind of a, I think, I think when Cross was negotiating his deal, I think that was part of the deal, I would assume, because, you know, he wanted to bring his girl with him. I mean, they've been together long enough. So, um, overall, I thought it- didn't that make you think like, why couldn't we have had something like this? Again, this has nothing to do with no actual people in attendance. It has to do with what we saw at NXT. I mean, we're watching NXT. Like, you couldn't have gave Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman. You couldn't give them. And I don't even understand why the event wasn't filmed at Full Sail. Uh, because if you notice, at Full Sail, they have that video board kind of thing hanging over the ring versus, you know, a big fan. 
which I think, you know, like just NXT looks better uh, than the Performance Center. So I don't understand how you didn't film WrestleMania from there. Because, again, my big complaint hasn't ever been that there was no fans. There's nothing you can do about that. But it has to do with the fact that just because there's no fans doesn't mean you had to drop everything else. I mean, NXT shows us week in and week out that that can even look better. Or AEW as we move on to AEW this past week. AEW, fantastic, by the way. Great show uh, this week. I just finished watching it about two hours ago. Um, they're doing it right because obviously the uh, the uh, the Khan family owns the Jaguars and mm-hmm. they have that entire complex. They got the stadium and then they got that little outdoor arena, like pavilion, amphitheater, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a great setup. Um, I thought I thought the the show was great. It, to me, it was probably the best wrestling we've seen this week. Um, I thought it was really good. Jericho got Jericho was involved. That was cool. Matt Hardy, um, he looked good. The thing that's so funny about watching Matt Hardy in AEW is they're like, oh, that's a that's a variation of a cutter. <laughs> it's so funny you can't say certain words like twisted fate. And they were doing like poetry in motion, things like that. It's it's just so funny about the legality where they can't say certain things. It's 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 interesting, but overall, I, I, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I thought Brody Lee, that was really, that was a good segment with, um, with Moxley. I thought that was really good. Um, I mean, uh, Cody Rhodes, I mean, what else can you say about Cody Rhodes? He's been, he's been doing, doing great things. What do you think about the, the upcoming match too, uh, at the, um, at the pay-per-view with Cody? Double or nothing you're talking about, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. What oh, you, between Moxley, Moxley and Brody Lee? No, um, I was thinking Cody, Cody, and um, what the heck's his name? Um, the big guy. Lance. Lance, there it is. I couldn't think of his name for a second. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. I can't wait yeah. for that. That's gonna be fun. That's that's gonna be a great. That's gonna. I'm kind of curious how this paper. I mean, we saw this past week what they did is obviously they both they had wrestlers, but you could tell when they went in the back area, they went throughout the concourse uh, that they had more than just wrestlers. It must have been friends and family, but that definitely added a good element to everything. You know, the because you saw some kids and stuff like that hanging out and watching the match. And I loved how you could see the Jaguars field in the background for that final shot with the inner circle, and they put it on the scoreboard. <laughs> that was. That was cool. I mean, AEW is doing it right. I really have to say that AEW is not. It looks like an AEW show minus fans. They don't change other than a few weeks. For the most part, it looks like they would be putting. That's what it would look like. Just minus fans. I add the fans. It's not going to look different. That's the problem with the performance center. This isn't like the mankind versus rock empty arena match where it was still on a raw, still an arena. This, the performance center is just a completely different animal. It has nothing to do with how many people are there. It has to do with it looks like a bingo hall or less than. Yeah, no, AEW, AEW across the board, it's just been the better product. I mean, they've been beating NXT in the ratings, too. I mean, it's been close, but, um, I mean, AEW has been the best the best wrestling product. I mean, the only WWE stuff I've really enjoyed lately is going back uh, through the archives. Like, we talked off air, and um, I went back and watched King of the Ring. Um, I've been watching Best of Stone Cold. I've been going back and just kind of flipping through matches. That stuff's been fun. I watched the I watched a special last night on uh, Triple H and uh, Mick Foley. It was like a 50, yes, 45, 50 minute. Fantastic. The Untold. It was great. Um, I enjoyed that. I watched that. Um, Mick Foley, man. I you know I, you forget how how much he did for the business. People people forget. I mean, a lot of the newer fans that are like newer wrestling fans, they just see Mick Foley coming in like, oh, who's this guy? That guy, that guy put on. He laid his body out for everybody. Like he was, he was just so good. He wasn't. He he was not afraid to use his body in different ways to get over. 
So we're running down a little bit of time here, so we're going to get right to money in the bank. Money in the bank this weekend, uh, most of it's probably pre-taped. The big, obviously, match is the dual money in the bank. Both the men's and women's match are going to go on at the same time from WWE headquarters, while the rest of the matches, I'm assuming, are going to be at the Performance Center. So let's start with the matches that are going to take place in Performance Center. The Fatal 4-Way match for the SmackDown Tag Belts. The New Day, who are the champs, taking on The Miz and Morrison. The Forgotten Sons and Lucha House Party. Who do you see leaving here? Do you see the Forgotten Sons having a chance in this? I do. Um, I'm actually picking them to win it. Uh, they're they're on a roll right now. I really enjoy what they're doing. Um, they've been great. I mean, they were just kind of thrown in the fray because of the injuries to the Us- the injury to one of the Uso brothers. Um, that's what I re- reportedly they, they got called up because of the injury to uh, one of the Usos. And they've they've taken that ball and they've ran with it. They've done a hell of a job. They've, they you know they're really good in the ring. And um, and Blake Blake was a champion with Murphy back in the day in the NXT. So this guy knows how to tag. I, I like I like the whole crew. Cutler and Riker are really good. Um, I'm I think the, I think they're gonna upset people. I think they're gonna upset. I think they're gonna win. They're 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 not really. I don't think if you if you put everybody in that match, they're gonna be forgotten, so to speak. You know, you know, pardon the expression, I guess, but um, they're they're gonna be forgotten. But I think they're gonna come away with the win. I think they're they're just it's time to change it up a little bit. I, I mean, the New Day's won so much. Miz and Morrison, it's kind of eh, you know, it's kind of blah. So. Eh. And the Lucha House Party. Do we really think they're going to win? No. So, uh, Forgotten Sons to me is the, the obvious choice. Who, who are you going with? Uh, you know, I got to probably say the New Day are going to retain. Yeah, you're probably right. It's unfortunate, but I, I don't want to see it, but you're probably right. I just want to see Forgotten Sons because they're doing so well. They're they're on a good roll, and it's fresh. Let's, let's get some fresh content because the ratings suck. Let's do something fresh, you know? So we got the uh, singles match for the WWE Championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre, the champion, his first defense. So he won the belt in front of nobody, and now he's got to continue the storyline in front of nobody. Who knows? His whole title reign could have been uh, – he never got to actually hold the title in front of fans. You've, do you see that happening, or do you see him uh, holding this belt till we get fans again? I think he's going to keep it for a while. Uh, I don't see Seth winning. Um, Drew, Drew's going to hang on to that title for a while. He's deserve, he deserves it. Um, I mean, upper management loves him. He's done a great job. He deserves to, um, you know, be able to carry that title into arenas packed with people, not empty arenas. I just don't see it changing. I really don't. All right. So the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey versus Tamina. Do you think somebody like Tamina finally gets put over? Um, I, as much as I'd like to see it, I don't see it happening. Um, I think Bailey's going to retain. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the Bailey, the new Bailey with uh, her. I don't, I like her as a heel. She needs to go back to being the, the hugger, the happy, you know, face. Um, I love to see Tamina, but I think Bailey's going to win. Uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, and oh, well, stay in the match. I mean, it's kind of annoying. I, I, Tamina is that perfect person for like these in your house pay per views that, you know, and I feel like this whole event kind of has that perfect person for an in your house pay per view uh, where you got to defend the belt and you have to defend it against, uh, you know, like the mid card people because you save the big matches for the big pay per views. Uh, so, as much as I would like to finally see them do something with Tamina, uh, I don't see them doing it here. Tamina is like the hardcore Holly. You know, the women's division where, you know, you forget that Hardcore Holly had a couple of championship matches at pay-per-views uh, because they weren't at major pay-per-views. They were at the uh, in-between ones. When Brock Lesnar was in between fighting Undertaker and Kurt Angle, he had to fight the, uh, you know, Hardcore Hollies of the world and stuff like that. And that's what Tamina is probably, you know, that's her place here. Yeah. Uh, but a match, 
I don't want to say these are definitely in between people. Definitely uh, bigger names. Braun Strowman defends his title against Bray Wyatt. So uh, Bray Wyatt obviously uh, lost to Goldberg, and then Braun Strowman beat Goldberg, and now he's fighting Bray Wyatt. Uh, you know, I feel like this match, if it had a better story to it, it's just kind of like a rematch kind of thing. Uh, do you see them giving the belt back to Bray Wyatt? I don't see it at this point. Um, I think I think the, the best way to the best way to preserve a really good pop, obviously, is you gotta have fans that have a pop. And I think having that pop um, would be better, obviously, if Bray Wyatt wins in front of fans. So I don't. I think they're gonna keep keep the title on Braun for now. I really don't see it happening. Um, I'm thinking as soon as we get fans back, I think the next pay per view with fans, you're gonna see Braun drop it. You know, I I see Bray winning it here, and here's why: because I feel like. This whole thing of him losing it was a mistake. Braun Strowman, to me, as much as he's a deserving champion, he he was never really written in to be the champion. That was Roman Reigns. Um, so I feel like they might give it back to Bray Wyatt here and kind of just gloss over that whole Goldberg thing. Because, again, you know, Goldberg was supposed to lose to Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman was just thrown into this. Um, so, I, I mean, maybe they get Braun a long title run from him going two days before WrestleMania, not even knowing he's fighting for the title, to now taking it into the summer. But Or maybe they just go back to Bray Wyatt and kind of pretend like the uh, Goldberg thing never happened and kind of I move mean, on next. I'll say this. I think, they have, I think they have Roman written as a champion for a while. I don't think they made too many tweaks into the writing, obviously, aside from flipping Braun into the position. So because of that, I think until Roman Reigns is back, I don't see Braun losing the title. All right, so from what else I got here, I know there'll be probably a few more matches thrown in at the last minute, but I got the Money in the Bank matches, both happening simultaneously, the women's match and the men's match. What do you think about them happening simultaneously? Like it? Don't like it? Um, It's going to be interesting. I mean, that's one way to explain it. Um, I'm o- I guess I'm okay with it. It's something different. I mean... At this point, you gotta you gotta do something to make it fresh. I mean, the whole climbing the corporate ladder is a really good gimmick, considering that we don't have fans. So it's I think it's a, I think it's, I mean, here's the thing: it's hard to judge until you see it because we've never seen this before. So I'm interested. I'm hoping it doesn't fall flat. So I'm kind of gonna be conservative and say I'm I'm curious to see. I'm good. I'm okay with it. But I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised if it falls flat. But I'm really, I'm really hoping it happens simultaneously because I feel like if you once you do it once, that's it. You can't really do it twice. That'd be like having two boneyard matches, you know. So I feel like they're putting all their stock in having this match once, and then they can kind of trash the whole place once, do all these things once, and then the thing is over. We're not going to start at the ground floor, see all the additional floors, and then try to replicate that a few minutes later. I feel like once the cat's out of the bag of what the place looks like, what they're going to do, you kind of got to do it. You know, you got to show it once. And yeah. I think one of the big things people are kind of concerned with following along, because it's pre-taped, it shouldn't be that hard to follow along because nothing has to actually be shown live. I mean, Braun Strowman could be punching, or let's say, you know, Dan- Daniel Bryan could be punching Rey Mysterio on the second floor, and Aleister Black could be punching King Corbin on the first floor simultaneously, but according to the way they edit it, it can happen not at the same time. So I don't feel like if there's anything that happens, we're going to miss it, because they're going to tape it all, and then they can make it so what would have been a 20-minute match could be a 40-minute match, because we drag it out. Meaning, you know, Daniel Bryan might be onto the second floor, and then we might see what's happening back on the first floor, but when we join Daniel Bryan again, he won't have advanced further. He'll, you know what I mean, kind of 
you know, okay, we're not on TV, so let's stop. So I don't think there's going to be anything we're going to miss. Everything's going to be edited, so we'll see everything. Yeah, and here's the thing too, to, to kind of to kind of uh, follow up on what you're saying. I, I think it'll be cool that it it is edited in some aspects because they're going to have multiple cameras in multiple areas. So like, mm-hmm. if they're shooting something that's really boring, but like in another room, somebody's really having a good sequence. They're gonna cut into that, so they're gonna make it really. I mean, WWE has. They, I mean, since it's edited, they they really gotta make it really good. Then I would assume. But the reason why I kind of I'm kind of holding my reservations is because we've gotten excited for different matches and different events, and WWE has just been so uncreative and dropped the ball. So I'm like, the concept is great. I love the concept, but I'm holding. I'm kind of holding conservative because like I don't want to get my hopes up and then again I, it falls flat. So I'm. I'm really hoping it's a good a good show. I, I think I think WWE needs this right now because again the ratings suck, the product sucks. There's no fans, so they got to give us something. So you got Asuka, Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella for the women. You have Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, Corbin, Otis, and now AJ Styles for the men. Who do you got for your woman, and who do you got for your man? Baszler for the women. Um, I'm gonna say AJ Styles for the men. I was gonna go with Alistair Black until AJ Styles made his return, which, which was, which was a kind, of, it was like kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting it at that point. Um, so I'm gonna say AJ for the men. I think he's gonna, I think he's he's returning, getting it, and then <clears throat> I think Baszler's just Baszler. I mean, if I had to, if, if I had to choose anybody else, maybe um, I don't know. I mean, Otis would be kind of cool, but. Um, I think it's. I, I'm picking AJ as well. I feel I feel like the real big thing about giving him money in the bank here is this is how you kind of transition from a storyline that makes the person look like they're literally dead, and then make people kind of move on and forget about that, and you make them strong again. They've done that with Brock Lesnar before. You know, he's lost a bunch in a row, but you take him off TV, and then you have him win a few matches in a row, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's back like he never, you know, was before. And I feel like that's with AJ Styles. How are you going to follow up him getting buried by the Undertaker? He wins money in the bank, and that Undertaker thing seems like a million years ago. Exactly. I mean, again, I would like to see Aleister Black uh, win the win, but I think I think you're right. And that's why I'm going with AJ Styles as well. I think that's the perfect choice. I mean, uh, who do you got on the women's side? I mean, Bayes I got Nia Jax. I got, I'm taking Nia Jax for the women. Really? Why, why are you going with her? I just feel like, uh, you know, we talk about promotion. I feel like she's been promoted pretty heavily, uh, just like AJ Styles. You know, she just made her return. Um, so I feel like Nia Jax, get some, get some fresh blood in there against Becky Lynch. Uh, I guess we haven't really seen Becky. I feel like uh, Nia Jax, her big feud a couple years ago was with Alexa Bliss. Um, you know, let's see her feud with Becky Lynch for a minute, maybe even take the belt off her. I, I think... Becky Lynch is starting to grow stale here, you know, where with her championship. You know, she was hotter than hell about a year ago at WrestleMania, and things have definitely cooled off. So whether it be Shayna Baszler beating her, you know, taking that avenge for WrestleMania or Nia Jax, I don't think, uh, you know, Lacey Evans or Carmella are going to set the women's division on fire at, at this moment. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Becky Lynch, I, I you know, I, I think she's a super talented individual, but it's time for her to uh, drop the belt. Um, I hope you're not right either because you got AJ and Nia both returning just recently. Um, it's so predictable by WWE, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's AJ and Nia, but I'm really hoping we get something different, maybe an Aleister Black and a Shayna Baszler. I think that would be really cool, but uh, I mean, it, it, it remains to be seen. It should be should be interesting. I know we'll be uh, we'll be talking about it next week. I'm, I'm hoping, hopefully, we're not 
trashing it. Hopefully we are praising it or at least saying that wasn't too bad. I mean, this this is WWE branding. You forget that there's 29 people in the Royal Rumble like Brian Christopher and Rikishi and Kane's got the most eliminations in history and all this other stuff. Uh, yet Stone Cold Steve Austin seems to be able to win it a lot, and Shawn Michaels seems to win it a lot, and Roman Reigns seems to win it a lot. Uh, you know, we, we've yet to see a Royal Rumble where Takamichinoku uh, leaves as the winner. You know, every man for himself, but it seems to be, uh, and, you know, you say Aleister Black here. I, I, I don't, it'd be cool to see Otis uh, win Money in the Bank. Uh, but I don't, uh, you know, this is WWE here. These, It's like the Elimination Chamber when you have a, the Elimination Chamber match right before WrestleMania and you got people like Otis in there. Uh, I don't think Otis is going to main event WrestleMania, uh, you know, kind of the same in this situation. You say WWE too predictable, but, well, obviously. Well, that's, that's why we make the choices that we make because it's kind of, they're kind of obvious, they're, they're obvious choices. So hopefully, um, hopefully that's not the case, but I have a feeling that, it's probably the case. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about the revival. You listened to them this past week on the Talk is Jericho podcast. Uh, they had some interesting things to say from what I heard from you. Obviously, Talk is Jericho is more of an AEW-centric podcast. So we'd love to see and hear about what the revival have coming for them. Uh, earlier today on this recording day of a Thursday, uh, Jonathan Snowden, he wrote a recent biography uh, with the help of Ken Shamrock, the most dangerous man in the world. And he had some interesting things to say about Ken Shamrock. I'd love to talk about that next week as they talked about that today on the Dan Limitard Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, but for this week, we are all out of time. So next week, we'll talk Ken Shamrock's biography. We'll talk The Revival and we will talk Money in the Bank for Brandon Clements, you can find him on Twitter at Icebreaker21 and myself at Krock Jared. Uh, enjoy your weekend uh, and enjoy our podcast for maybe 30 minutes or more so of your time. Thank you for always for subscribing and listening and or watching. This has been the Heel to the Face podcast. We will talk to you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.